Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. And welcome to episode number 356 of the Mothership Broadcast of the WCWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com. It is, of course, the one and the only WCWS Revolution. I'm, of course, once again, Mr. WCWS Chad Henshaw back on the line here with you. As, of course, ladies and gentlemen, as we have said many, many times, we hope you are having a very happy and safe Fourth of July holiday. Of course, enjoying the fireworks, enjoying all the great all-American goodies that go along with it, and of course, play it safe out there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, of course, don't get hurt out there with the fireworks and everything. Just, just watch them. 
Don't touch them. There you go. <laughs> Once again, Mr. WWS Chad Henshaw right here. Of course, tonight bring you some fireworks on a much bigger scale in the form, of course, of some big-time talk about our favorite pastime, professional wrestling. And, of course, here to, uh, and of course, as we always do each and every night here in the radio network, we first will bring you our wrestling news and views segment, which, of course, will be brought brought here to brought to you tonight here tonight, excuse me, by our 2017 Hall of Fame news tag team King Ice, in the form, of course, of the Iceman JD Jared DiGirolamo. Of course, JD is a 2015 and 17 WWS Hall of Famer. He is also, <clears throat> of course, part of the team that brings you WWS Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoot.com, and of course, a big also a part of all, our, all all of our other shows here in the radio network. Also tonight, ladies and gentlemen, bringing you our history and birthdays here for this evening, as he always does each and every night, is, of course, the human suplex machine, John Gross. Of course, the first 2016 WWS Hall of Famer, also a big part of the Raw Radio broadcast team as well. Uh, excuse me. And also and also tonight, just coming in under the wire here, joining us here as well to help the, for, the, the, for a fun field evening here tonight is, of course, uh, uh, coming in here from my, of course, neck of the woods right here in NC. Uh, of course, he is a 2000, <clears throat> I do believe it, yes, it's another 2017 WWS Hall of Famer. He is, of course, Mr. Hulkamania himself, Bob Ziegler, has joined us as well. Let's bring him all in here right now. Gentlemen, welcome to number 356 of a very patriotic and uh, unique revolution this evening. Happy birthday, America. Happy 4th of July, everyone, and happy Canada Day. And Bastille Day. Absolutely, absolutely. We we send praise to everyone out here as well, of course. And we'd like to mention Mr. Hulkamania, you're joining us as well. Uh, Bob, uh, of course, uh, good evening to you as well, sir. Hope you're enjoying the fireworks. Oh, yeah. There you go. Sounds good. Sounds good. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, well, we regret to inform you tonight. Normally, I would be telling you, of course, we would have our live video feed here this evening. But unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties right now, our live video feed is not working, unfortunately. So uh, that has been postponed and all that, and we will we were supposed to have it from True Pioneers of Wrestling here tonight, but we will be bringing that we'll be we'll bring that back here to you at, uh, at this time next Tuesday. We'll give it another try and see and see how uh, we, we how we, that gets worked out. But uh, we don't know what's going on. Um, <clears throat> with, but uh, but we'll get it all. Hopefully we'll have have the video at least worked out here for tomorrow night's revolution. Of course, coming from our group dedicated to Global Force Wrestling, GFW US Global Phenom. But of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, a lot of times you know we were doing this before the live video feed, so that's okay. That's all right. At least you get to hear the whole show through TalkShoe.com. Of course, our normal method here tonight will be popping on here. Of course, is one seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call out the one three eight zero five five pound the magic six numbers. <clears throat> Hit that one if you want to chime in on anything that we have had to talk talk about here tonight. And of course, like I said, we'll be in addition to the rest of the news, views, and history and birthdays, which uh, the the history we got some pretty interesting stuff in the history here tonight. Uh, and of course, also we'll be talking about here with of course uh, six days away from WWE Raw's latest installment, WWE Great Balls of Fire. Uh, we'll be talking more about that here sometime here, of course, throughout the night and the rest of the week. Uh, <clears throat> and we'll give you some more info about something special we're going to do, having to do with Great Balls of Fire here in just a couple of moments. Uh, and, of course, we'll have some wrestling extras coming your way here as well. 
um, some, uh, I don't know, maybe some uh, fancy matchups, some, uh, uh, you never know what will have, trivia questions, you never know what will have, but we'll have something here uh, that will definitely knock your socks off. So definitely just stay on here with us here, folks, and enjoy the ride. Buckle your seatbelt because it's going to be a very good one indeed. Of course, as as J.D. did say, happy birthday, America. And it will be a very explosive one here indeed for episode 356 of the revolution. Let's go ahead and dive right on into our two episode 356 tonight with our wrestling news and views here segment. And, of course, to get us going here from King Ice is the Iceman, J.D. Jared Geralimo. J.D., what's going on in the wrestling news scene this evening? Well, first off, let's just say that earlier today, however, mind you, however, there is apparently, we understand, according to the, uh, mind you, however, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, WWE has scrapped a planned match for Finn Bauer against Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship in the near future. The site reports that WWE has teased the idea that Bauer will get a title shot in the near future. A match between Lesnar and Roman Reigns has been moved to SummerSlam with the idea that Reigns a Reigns win could put WWE as someone who could defend the championship more regularly, regular than Lesnar currently is. The report notes that this likely means that Reigns will win against Braun Strowman Sunday and thus changes plans for Bauer's title matchup. Reigns was most recently to peg, peg to face Lesnar for the championship matchup at WrestleMania 34, mind you, next year. Sorry about that noise there. Uh, we also heard earlier today, ladies and gentlemen, that the Kevin Owens Fight Owens Fight DVD came out today and is selling very, very well, according to reports, believe it or not. In fact, however, uh, if I just saw I just saw something for it. But also, uh, believe it or not, speaking of Great Balls of Fire, we understand according to Ticket... Where is it? Here, I just saw it a second ago. There are still available tickets for this Sunday's show, believe it or not, however... At this time, there are hundreds of seats available, however, on Ticketmaster, and it is not sold out with prices ranging from $25 to $700. On the secondary market, tickets have an average price of $148, with cheapest tickets available costing $42, mind you. Meanwhile, however, we understand that Naomi and, I guess, Ava Marie, however, did a new photo shoot for the 4th of July and bikini shoot, if you will, however, separately. Meanwhile, I know this is going to surprise you a little bit, but Carmella apparently now has had one million Instagram followers, believe it or not. As uh, J.D., I don't mean to interrupt your, your news there, sir. My apologies, ladies and gentlemen. J.D., I will have to step away here for a moment, so just continue reading everything to the best of your knowledge. I will return momentarily. Okay. Carmella is celebrating the social media milestone of one million Instagram followers today. She also has over 464,000 Twitter followers. Meanwhile, as we talked about yesterday on Raw Radio, Howard, which, by the way, was episode number 100, Howard, we heard that Paige was at the Slammiversary event supporting her fiancé, Alberto El Patron, recently this past uh, Sunday at the Impact Zone in Florida. And before I continue anything else, I was going to ask Bobby a question. Bobby, would, uh, first off, I'm sure you saw the Lonzo Ball situation last Monday night, Howard, what went down. Uh, what was your take about that, however, and what was your take about last night's show? I uh, really didn't catch much of it. So. Okay. Uh, did you, uh, I'm sure you heard about Paige being at the TNA show on Sunday night, however, read about somewhere, but if not, uh, she apparently was back uh, on uh, at the uh, TNA show on Sunday night, however. I mean, WWE's still under contract with her, I mean, 
at this point, we don't know if uh, she is going to be coming back to WWE or not. I mean, what's your take of this whole matter? Hmm. Uh, I'm happy to see her come back pretty soon. Well, I know for a fact, I know she's talked about, however, mind you, however, that, that, that like I said, however, like I said, uh, they, I know for a fact there was a lot of people said that they were surprised that she showed up in a mask, wearing a mask on Sunday at the uh, TNA uh, event, though, and uh, supporting like not even the week and a half, two weeks before, there was talk about them splitting up, and now apparently that turned out to be nothing more than a ruse. Yeah. So... I don't know, but uh, yeah, the uh, ball thing, in case you didn't hear, however, it was uh, pretty ugly, however. I mean, apparently, the one kid said a racial word, however, and WWE picked it up on cameras all over the talk shows and in the newspapers and everything, and I guess, however, mind you, he said a word he wasn't supposed to say, mind you, however, and like I said, however, it'll be interesting see what happens, but uh, there was some talk, however, that there was a lot of uh, anger backstage. Apparently, Kevin Dunn flipped out, was flipping out, however, apparently what happened, however, and uh, they said that apparently, however, he was absolutely irate backstage, and Vince was just like, you got to be kidding me that they would allow this sort of thing to happen on camera, and unfortunately, WWE had to apologize to the fans about the whole ordeal, but uh, I don't know. And it's it's getting ugly. I mean, right now, I mean, the last few weeks it's been ugly. I mean, they did the whole "This is your life, Bailey" thing that was pretty bad, and it just, it continues to get worse. It just continues to get worse. Uh, I can report, however, according to reports, however, that Gail Kim, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, however, and we'll tell this when Chad when he comes back on the line too. There are reports surfacing saying that Gail Kim could be retiring from wrestling. At the end of this year, according to reports at last night's Impact tapings, she announced plans to retire at the end of this year and that she will be back in action soon after recovering from back surgery. There are rumors also going around that a quote, former WWE talent or two could be in coming in over the course of this week's tapings. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. And uh, like we said, however, other than that, there's not much else to report right now, but uh, that's all we got for right now. And while Chad's out, I will give the number here and help him out here. one seven two four 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 seventy forty four. Call ID one three eight zero five five pound. This is, I believe, episode three fifty four. He said, I think I'm not real sure of uh, the Revolution show. Of course, don't forget this Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, at five p.m. We will set you up with great balls of fire. However, and of course, we might have some bets or two might be in made. You never know, but we will get you set up for the big event. This coming Sunday, Howard, just a few hours early prior to the show, beginning, I believe, at 5 p.m. Bobby, I was going to ask you real quick, uh, what do you think of this Joe Lesnar match coming up on Sunday? Who do you like? Hmm, it's going to be a tough match. Yeah, it is. I mean, considering the last few weeks Joe's had the upper hand and everything, I mean, a lot of people are saying that uh, Joe's going to win the title and Brock's going to drop it, Howard, but they also think... Brock's going to retain, and then he'll go on to SummerSlam and maybe face someone like possibly uh, Braun Strowman or something like that. I mean, I think WWE's, like I said earlier to uh, chat before we started the show, I think WWE's panicking. They really are. I mean, they're they're pushing the Roman Reigns-Brock uh, matchup to SummerSlam instead of waiting until WrestleMania, which I think is ridiculous. 
and uh, just I don't know. I mean, they're desperate at this point. I mean, the, the, the women right now are just getting no time at all. I mean, they're crapping all over Bailey, literally. And then you got Nia Jax waiting to take on Alexa, and Alexa has her own agenda. Deal with Sasha this week. And then, of course, you could see uh, possibly Nia Jax and Alexa, if Alexa should retain on Sunday, maybe coming up at SummerSlam. And I think Alexa's going to be in for a rude awakening there. Then this whole Jinder Mahal thing is a joke. I mean, after what happened at Backlash, and then again what happened uh, at uh, Money in the Bank was ridiculous. And then speaking of Money in the Bank, I think it was even a bigger joke. However, mind you, to see uh, what happened there. However, it's just, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see here. Um, well, speaking of uh, Money in the Bank, however, uh, we know Baron Corbin won a few weeks ago Money in the Bank. What would you take of uh, Corbin winning uh, Money in the Bank? Hmm. Uh, it was pretty... It was okay, I guess. Okay, he's back, folks, and I was just uh, telling Bobby a couple things, however, and one of the things I did mention, however, uh, just a few minutes ago, and I will repeat again, however, in case you do not hear, Carmella is celebrating a social media milestone of 1 million Instagram followers today, as she also has 464,000 Twitter followers, believe it or not. And the, yeah, and the other story to report, apparently Gail Kim, however, might be retiring at the end of this year, believe it or not. However, she's recovering. She's coming back from surgery, I guess, to her shoulder, I heard. But they said, however, last night, the impact tapings, I guess it was. Uh, let me pull it up here. I just saw it a second ago. Uh, yeah, let's see here. Yeah, last night's impact tapings, she announced plans to retire at the end of this year <laughs> and that she will be back in action soon after recovering from back surgery. There are also rumors going around that a former, quote, WWE talent or two could be coming in over the course of this week's tapings, and I'm sure Gerardo mentioned this on Top Heel this week, there was a little incident involving Cody Rhodes and I believe someone else, I believe, over the weekend, however, at an event. I think it was Cody and uh, I think it was Kenny Omega, I heard. I'm not real sure, but we'll have to look into that right away. Thank you very much there, uh, J.D. Of course, J.D. along with King W.O. Gerardo Smith is King Ice. For 2017 Hall of Fame News Tag Team, they bring in all the new that's fit to print. And, of course, if it doesn't fit, they always find a way to make it fit. In GTS's case, of course, the best way best way, the best way to do that is, of course, a super glue and duct tape. You cannot beat that old-time combination. Uh, let's go ahead and see. We have some interesting things here, of course, to, to talk about here in the uh, wrestling history and birthdays here. Um uh, uh, I was reading the, uh, excuse me, excuse me, uh, thank you, I'd say that, that stinks up on you about all the time there, uh, uh, you know we turned the night too, who is it, John Cena, he, he made it, he turned the night, oh, okay, right, we'll t- we will t- probably talk more about, uh, and one thing, I don't want to spoil this though, Chad, early on, but I got to say, one thing is going to put a smile on your face tonight at SmackDown because Daniel Bryan did something right after what's happened the last couple of weeks. And let's just say he put a little nerd in his place, at least for the next month. Oh, 
He's okay, suspended. Well. According to reports, however, he got, once again, him and his little, let's just say, gum-chewing, blonde, bimbo girlfriend, the one who I just mentioned, however, tried to get up in uh, his face again, and Daniel Bryan said, you're suspended for 30 days and fined 10 grand on top of it. Just um, just Ellsworth? Uh-huh, Ellsworth's been suspended for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Can't do anything to Carmella since apparently she's, she's holding the briefcase, but... Uh, well, that's another uh, thing of it. He said if he didn't leave, um, he would strip her of the briefcase. Well, we're going to have to have some big time talking about that here tomorrow night. So th- thank you very much, here, GD, and also thank you very much, here, Bob, for bringing us that little insight there. The, 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 the woes of the, I guess apparently now, Mrs. Money in the Bank continue, I guess you could say it the same. So, <laughs> thank you. I'm sorry, did someone say something? I'm sorry. Oh, no. Oh, okay. But uh, thank you very much, your gentleman, for bringing that to our attention here tonight. And we'll talk more about SmackDown on tomorrow night's edition of Revolution. Let's see what John has on the docket here for the history and birthdays here for our nation's birthday, the 4th of July today. 31 years ago, which would put it at uh, 1986, yes, in Dallas, Texas, Chris Adams defeated Ravishing Rick Rude to win the WCCW World Heavyweight title. 30 years ago today, which I put it at 1987, in Atlanta, Georgia, Jim Crockett Promotions presented the Great American Bash. What made this the first show on the tour special was the debut of the War Games match. It was created, of course, by Ifeville, Dusty Rhodes, and inspired in part by the movie Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. I believe not. That's very interesting. The double ring single cage match was presented as the signature match of the Four Horsemen. It's a two-team match, usually teams of four or five, with participants joining in in via staggered entry. The match would begin with one member of each team in the cage, while the rest of the team would wait outside or backstage. After five minutes, the team that won the immediate corn toss could send in a man immediately. The team had to wait two minutes before sending one of theirs in. The term of that match was that the match could not be won unless everyone is in the cage, although it was changed for the War Games match in 1998. The bout continued until there was a submission or surrender. The person submits loses the match for their team. There are no pinfalls, no countouts, or no DQs in the bout, making War Games one of the most brutal matches in all of wrestling. Yeah, no kidding. The superpowers... The, who consisted of the Road Warriors, Nikita Koloff, Dusty Rhodes, and Paul Ellering, defeated the Four Horsemen, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Lex Luger, Tully Blanchard, and J.J. Dillon in a War Games match, which I think was this one right here. Uh, a very somber moment on this day, 27 years ago today, which we put it at 1990. Keith Frank, of course, better than otherwise known as Adrian Adonis, died in a single car crash in Lewisport, Newfoundland, Canada, at the age of 33. He, of course, teamed with Jesse Ventura in 1980 as an AWA Tag Team Champion, and in 1984, he became a WWF Tag Team Champion with Dick Murdoch in the early 1980s. He contended for the WWF Intercontinental and World Championships. He traded in his biker gear for pink gear and makeup, calling himself adorable. It was around this time that Adonis gained considerable weight since his time with Dick Murdoch. He wrestled at his heaviest around 350 pounds, 
1986, he was a primary catalyst for turning Paul Orndorff heel on Hulk Hogan during his talking segment, The Flower Shop. Adonis's most famous feud was against Roddy Roddy Piper, who would ruin his set in retaliation for Adonis taking Piper out at the legs. The war culminated in a hair versus hair match at WrestleMania three, and where it was won by the retiring Piper. Piper, who struggled to cut, to cut Adonis's wet hair, got help from Brutus Beefcake, which birthed his most famous gimmick, the Barber. He returned to the AWA shortly after WrestleMania under the adorable gimmick. He made it to the AWA International Television Title Tournament in late 1987 before he lost to Greg Gagne. An ankle injury forced him to the sidelines in early 1988 just as he was set to tour with New Japan Pro Wrestling. It was also around this time Vern Gagne stopped paying him. He tried to make a comeback to the WWF but failed. He wouldn't make the tour of New Japan Pro Wrestling. On July 4th, 19... Okay, let's see here. Give me a second here. Hold on, I need to make sure I need to... And make sure I need to verify something here. On July fourth, nineteen, uh, John, are you sure this is the right date? Because I just said you said this happened twenty-seven years ago, and twenty-seven from two thousand seventeen is nineteen ninety, and you've got eighty-eight. So a- anyway, anyway, on this date, Frank was was one of the three men. Oh, excuse me, back porch. Frank was one of the three men killed in a single car single car crash when the driver William Arco swerved off a road in Lewisport, Newfoundland, North Canada, to avoid a moose. With the driver blinded by the sun, the car careened into a nearby lake, killing the passengers inside, along with Frank, who later died in the hospital due to severe brain injuries. Victor Arco and Dave McGinney were killed also. William suffered severe leg injuries but survived the fatal crash. At the time of his passing, Frank was survived by his wife and two daughters. <clears throat> so this must have been in '88 when this happened, not in '90. Yeah. Okay, okay. So it must, that would that would have been 20. Let me see. That would have been 20. That would, say, that would have been. Uh, uh, let's see. 29 years ago. 29. So yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Well, see, he's, he's, you see, 27 from 2017 is 1990. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so add on. So, be, so, so yeah, that's right, 29. Okay. Okay. So, um, so, okay. So, 20, and here's 27 years ago, right here, 1990. Brutus Beefcake himself suffered a serious accident with facial injuries while parasailing in Florida. It took about eight steel plates, more than 40 screws, and a hundred plus staples to repair his face. Ooh. The accident would have been fatal had it not been for B. Brian Blair, who was with Leslie at the time of the accident. Leslie made a full recovery, but didn't return to the WWF until 1993. Leslie was rumored to be the next man in line for the WWF Intercontinental title at SummerSlam. A month later, Beefcake made a quick return to the ring in 1993 by teaming up with Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 9 to take on Monday Inc. for the tag team titles. Yes, I do remember that very well. And I think that's probably why he wore the mask, right? Yeah. Okay, that's right. That's what I, thought. I figured he... But they said, I think I heard Bobby Heenan say something about during that match that he saw one of Beefcake's eyes uh, down and one of them was up. 
or something like that. Yeah, yeah something like that, yeah. yeah. 24 years ago today, which would put it at also 1993. There, yeah. Aboard the USS Intrepid in New York City. Lex Luger saved America by body-slamming Yokozuna when Luger arrived on a helicopter. The slam kick-started Luger's new all-American babyface gimmick designed to make him the heir apparent to Hulk Hogan. The slam set up an angle that ultimately led to Luger taking on Yokozuna at SummerSlam. Luger went on to defeat Yokozuna at the event via countout. Yokozuna at the time was WWF champion, and the WWF championship was on the line. Also, as well, meaning that Luger could not win the championship on a DQ or countout. Luger did not receive another title shot until winning the 1994 Royal Rumble with Bret Hart and would receive a championship match at WrestleMania 10 against Yokozuna in where Luger lost first. Oh, man, another somber moment here. 23 years ago today, put it in 1994, Joey Morella was killed in an automobile accident on the New Jersey Turnpike while traveling from the WWF Superstars taping in Ocean City, Maryland. <clears throat> he was 31 years old, and he was best known as the referee for the main event at WrestleMania three between the champion Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, and the SummerSlam 1992 main event between Bret Hart and Baby Boy Smith for the Intercontinental title. The accident occurred when Morella fell asleep at the wheel on the New Jersey Turnpike. <clears throat> Let's see. I'm sorry. Um, as he drove home to Newark. Also in the car was Bruno Lahr, best known as Harvey Whippleman. Lahr was wearing a seatbelt at the time of his accident, while Morello was not. The seatbelt saved Bruno's life, though he was critically injured. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, just give me one second here, folks, and we got someone here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, also on the chat box here, coming on here right now to us is someone we haven't seen in quite a while, haven't heard it from in quite a long time. Another, um, of course, old friend of the radio network, another, of course, Hall of Famer. <clears throat> um, and that is uh, uh, Big Diesel himself, Gregory Kramer, is on our chat box tonight. Uh, uh, Greg, welcome, of course, here to number 56 Revolution. It's myself and JD. Uh, John's on the chat box as well as, of course, uh, Mr. Hulkamania, Bob Ziegler is on here with us as well. They're good to have you on here today, my man. Let's see what else we have right here. Uh, yes, 17 years ago today, put it at 2000, at a SmackDown taping in Sunrise, Florida, Val Venus defeated Rikishi to win the Intercontinental title for the second time. 12 years ago today, we put it at 2005, on Raw from Sacramento, California, Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels defeated Kurt Angle and Carlito. Post-match, Michaels turned heel since his brief, since his brief NWO run in 2002, and I remember this, when he super-kicked Hogan. The surprise sweet chin music sits up an angle that ultimately led to an infamous icon versus icon match between Michaels and Hogan at SummerSlam. That was a one heck of a match right there. Yes, yep. Eleven years ago today, put it at 2006. <clears throat> On ECW from Sci-Fi from Philadelphia, the Big Show defeated RVD in an Extreme Rules match to win the ECW World Title. The title change comes just one day after Van Dam had lost the WWE title to Edge. Two days later, Van Dam was arrested on drug possession charges, and as a and as a result, would serve a 30-day suspension for a violation of the WWE's wellness policy. 
Big Show's win, however, makes him the first person to hold the WWE, WCW, and ECW World Championships. Yes, indeed. Two years ago today, put it at 2015, I'm sure, J.D., you remember this moment that we did talk about this in great detail. WWE presented the Beast in the East from Ryogoku Sumo Hall in Tokyo, Japan. Yes. I'm not going to try to pronounce what what that meant. So, so of course, yeah, Koku Gikan, I guess is the best way I can pronounce it, which is like talking about Sumo Hall in Tokyo. Of note, this was the first time a WWE event aired live from Japan. JD, I mean, John saying himself, calling himself yours truly, watch this on the WWE Network. Brock Lesnar defeated Kofi Kingston, as this was Lesnar's first non pay per view bout in 2004. Finn Balor defeated Kevin Owens to win the NXT title. How about the, Kevin Owens, however? It's funny. It's on the NXT DVD. Or, I mean, the Owens DVD came out today. And I looked to see if it was on there. It's not on there unless it's on the Blu-ray. But I didn't see it on the regular DVD at all. I, what, this match I just mentioned here? Yeah, Owens, and the one in Brooklyn, either. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Finn Balor did defeat KO, who said to win the NXT title. This was the first and only time the NXT title changed hands on a main roster show. This was a good match. Gordon John, a match that should have been in the main event, but of course it was not. Uh, we have a, we have some birthdays to talk about here. First off, today is a happy 57th birthday to Barry Windham. Hmm. And Johnson, he said he'd be, he'll do a little bit of history. Not much, but it's just a bit, but that's okay. He was trained, of course, by his father, Black Jack Mulligan, and popular world champion Harley Race. He debuted on November 27, 1979, against J.J. Dillon in San Angelo, Texas, when he was 19 years old. Much of his early career was in the NWA, NWA's Championship Wrestling for Florida Territory, where Gordon Soley was the head announcer. He was a fan favorite for most early and middle periods of his career, having great success with singles and tag action. Wyndham was, had notable feuds with Kevin Sullivan and his army. With his brother-in-law, Mike Rotunda, Wyndham formed a tag team in 1984. The duo captured the NWA Florida United States tag team titles three times between March and May of 1984. Rotunda and Wyndham were both signed by the WWF in October 1984. They debuted as babyfaces on November 17, 1994 edition of Maple Leaf Wrestling. Defeated Muhammad Saeed and Bobby Bass. Their tag team was named the U.S. Express and made a tag team division as they beat the North and South Connection for the first WWF tag team titles in January 1985 at a house show in Hartford, Connecticut. At the first ever, of course, WrestleMania 1, U.S. Express dropped the titles to the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. On the July 13th edition of Championship Wrestling, they would defeat Sheik and Volkov for their second and final WWF tag team titles where they lost to the Dream Team in Philadelphia at the Spectrum on August the 24th. After he departed from the WWF, Wyndham and Rotunda wrestled at Wrestle Rock 86, a show in the AWA where they defeated the Fabulous Ones. Wyndham worked in the NWA as a babyface, but most notably he wrestled in the main event of Battle of the Belts 2 for the NWA World Heavyweight title against Ric Flair and featured with Ron, Ron Bass over the NWA Florida Heavyweight title. In the fall of 1986, he shifted to NWA's Jim Crockett Promotions territory as a babyface, where he wrestled Ric Flair in where it was in where it was memorable. They went 60 um, into a 60-minute time limit draws 
and even some extending beyond an hour of action. He shifted back to the tag team division for a successful pairing with Ron Garvin. On December 1986, they won the U.S. tag team title. Their biggest feud came against the Midnight Express. Wyndham and Garvin eventually lost these titles to Ivan Koloff and Dick Murdoch in the spring of 87. Shortly before the annual Jim Crockett Memorial Tag Team Tournament, <clears throat> at this time, Wyndham also formed an alliance with Lex Luger, who would turn his who would turn his back on Wyndham shortly afterward when Luger had aspirations of joining the Four Horsemen. Rather than enter the tournament as a team, Wyndham and Garvin were split up. Ronnie Garvin said teamed up with his case staff brother Jimmy Garvin. Rather than have Wyndham partner up with someone in the tournament, he was booked to face Ric Flair for the NWA world title and what would be another classic match between the two. Flair defeated Wyndham with a controversial pinfall after a little over 25 minutes of action. On June 20, 1987, Wyndham won the NWA Western States Heritage Championship, becoming the first ever champion. He defended the championship for over six months until he lost at Shot Town Heat, Starcade 87. In 1988, Wyndham dropped the Western States Heritage title to Larry Zabisco at Bunkhouse Stampede. They won the NWA World Tag Team Titles on March 27, 1988, with Lex Luger, of course, defeated defeat Art Anderson and Tully Blanchard at Clash of the Champions. <clears throat> they went head-to-head with, who went head-to-head with WrestleMania IV. A swerve took place on April the 20th, and where Wyndham turned heel and joined Ric Flair's stable, and his heel turn was considered shocking at the time. In addition, he used a black glove as well as the claw hold as his finisher, which was a move of his father, Black Jack Mulligan. He went back to singles competition and beat Nikita Koloff to win the vacated NWA United States heavyweight title. He dropped the title in February 1989 at Chi-Town Rumble to Lex Luger. His contract expired in March of 89. He returned to the WWF in June 1989 as the Widowmaker. Despite that, he didn't change his image much, portraying a heel cowboy type as he went undefeated for four months and was was to have been on Randy Savage's Survivor Series team, but was replaced by the earthquake as Wyndham left the company in October due to his family's involvement in a counterfeiting scandal. In May 1990, he reunited with the Four Horsemen as he returned to WCW, where it consisted of Ric Flair, Owen and Arn Anderson, and Sid Vicious. At Halloween Havoc, Wyndham was involved in a controversial match between Sid Vicious and Sting. Vicious appeared to have had appeared to beat Sting to win the NWA world title, but it was actually Wyndham who was dressed like Sting. Once it was noticed, the real Sting defeated Sid Vicious. <clears throat> Wyndham spent the rest of the year teaming with Arn Anderson in the continuation of a feud between the Four Horsemen and then, and then world NWA World Tag Team Champions Doom. At Starcade 1990 Collision Course, Wyndham and Anderson wrestled Doom to a no contest in a street fight. I remember that was a, that was a that was a big time, that was a great match. When a member of each team was pinned, a, th- <clears throat> a famous vignette was shot in an Atlanta, Georgia ghetto before a series of matches between Barry, Barry Windham and Arn Anderson and the tag team of Doom. A famous quote from Arn Anderson to Barry Windham, you know something, B.W., when I took a look, I took a look at this dump, it ain't the Helmsley College, pal. Barry responds, yeah, but it's a lot cheaper. In 1991, Windham team with Arn Anderson and Sid Vicious Wyndham feuded with Brian Pillman, culminating in a taped fist match at Super Bowl One, Return of the Rising Sun, which Wyndham won. Wyndham was elevated to the number two contender spot after Ric Flair was fired from the company, causing the WCW title to be vacated. Wyndham <clears throat> lost the match to Luger in a 
in a double turn as Luger became the top bad guy at WCW and Wyndham became one of the most popular due to Luger's cheating tactics and his involvement with heel manager Harley Race. This and Wyndham's dog determination to win the belt after years as a perennial upper mid-carter got Wyndham over in terms of popularity with the fans again, despite still not getting the world title. In October 1991, he teamed with Dustin Rhodes, who was soon to be Gold Dust, of course, in the WWF. At Halloween Havoc 91, Anderson and Zabisco sent a car door on Wyndham's hand and put him out of action for a while. Ricky Steamboat became the mystery partner for Rhodes at Clash of Champions that November. Steamboat and Rhodes won the WCW Tag Team titles. Wyndham feuded with stunning Steve Austin in the spring of 1992, where he beat Austin to win the WCW World TV title. Wyndham and Rhodes would win back the belts in September, but Wyndham turned heel on Rhodes at Clash of the Champions. He teamed with Brian Pillman, and he became a full-time singles wrestler in January 1993 and finally regained the NWA World Heavyweight title at Super Brawl Three. Flair and Anderson tried to let Wyndham return to the horseman, but Wyndham became the lone wolf. Wyndham would drop the belt to Flair and disappear from wrestling only to return at San Marino 1994 to take on Rick Flair for the WCW World Heavyweight title. Flair would beat Wyndham after Wyndham re-injured his knee that he, had, that he had surgery on. He dropped out of wrestling for over two years. He returned to the WWF in late 1996, this time as the stalker, and where he feuded with Goldust, his only pay-per-view appearance with the gimmick. He was eliminated by Goldust in the 1996 Survivor Series Elimination Match where the Stalker team was Mark Merrow, Jake Roberts, and <clears throat> The Rock to take on Triple H, Crush, Jerry Lawler, and Goldust. But he would join Bradshaw in 1997 and became a heel. They formed the new Blackjacks. They had opportunities to win the World Tag Titles, but no success. The team didn't last long as Wyndham joined Jim Cornette's NWA faction in January 1998. Wyndham's final Raw match in April 1998 would be against The Undertaker and where The Undertaker squashed him. He returned to WCW where he turned on Ric Flair. He teamed with Kurt Henning to beat Benoit Malenko to win the vacated World Tag Team titles. He re-injured his knee but returned as part of the West Texas Rednecks in mid-1999. It was, it was supposed to be a heel group to feud with Master P's No Limit Soldiers. All the WCW Southern fans ever cheered the Rednecks going against WCW management. In August 1999, the Wyndham Brothers defeated Harlem Heat, but would lose the belts back to them at Fall Brawl. Barry and Kendall was released by WCW. In 1999, they left WCW and Barry worked for Ted DiBiase's promotion, WXO, and also World Wrestling Council, where he won the World Tag Team titles with his brother Kendall. He returned to the, to the American Independence scene in 2001, where he won their heavyweight championship and held it for the better part of a year. He became a part of the Extreme Horseman st- Stable with Steve Carino and C.W. Anderson, feuding with Dusty and Dustin Rhodes. His last appearances were at Major League Wrestling War Games, a one-time U.S. Express reunion with Mike Rotunda at WrestleMania Union 1, and also they wrestled Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov in a rematch from the first WrestleMania on the Raw March 10, 2008 episode. He worked as a producer for WWE. He was seen during the 2007 WWE Hall of Fame, sitting next to former partner Bradshaw. He did the introduction of Super Brawl 3 for WWE 24-7. On December 31, 2008, he was released from the, from the WWE. In the evening of October 26, 2011, though he was taken to intensive care in Florida, his father posted a message on Facebook saying, I have a son near death. He recovered from a heart attack and appeared at the 2012 WWE Hall of Fame and where the Four Horsemen was inducted.
He has a son named Callan and a daughter named Abigail with his ex-wife, Kebra. He also is the mater- mater- maternal uncle of present-day WWE wrestlers Bray Wyatt and mm-hmm. Bo Dallas. And that is, according to John, here's all he's got for the wrestling history and birthdays here for today. There was one thing, though, that was in the wrestling history, and I didn't read this because I didn't know if this job was going to come on or not. There was one thing I do need to mention here to you, um, and I did mention, did mention a little indication here to J.D. a little bit. I don't know. I'm sure, J.D., if you heard about this or not. But we do need to say, we do need to send a little bit of a prayer out here tonight to the legendary Heart Wrestling family. As it was uh, mentioned here, uh, according to uh, on the page where we do the wrestling history, that uh, Brett's brother Smith died. I believe it was today. I do believe it was, of course, of the. Of course, he had had battle with prostate cancer, and he was 68 years old. So uh, we wanted to throw that out there. Of course, send a prayers out to the legendary Heart Wrestling family on this loss. We have been hearing about this for quite some time. Uh, I've seen some pictures here indeed. Uh, I believe I saw a picture posted on uh, on the Heaven Wrestling Federation page. I think our own ca- I think Captain Dave Spieler kind of put that on there for us. And uh, but sadly, like I said, uh, I think Brett actually was actually suffering from this too. But I think he was able to get over it. I think I think that's right. But uh, we want to send a prayers out there to the Heart Wrestling family here tonight for the, for their loss. So. Here in one of the great wrestling families of all time, indeed. And of course, JD, thank you very much, sir, for providing us with the wrestling history <clears throat> uh, uh, for the wrestling news and views here tonight. Uh, John says he's okay. Wait a minute. John's got one thing he needed to add. Uh, apparently, it's, a, it's a, actually a funny wrestling moment that took place on this date last year. Uh, Oh, okay. He wanted to bring. Okay, I'm sure you remember this too. During last year's Fourth of July version of Monday Night Raw from Columbus, Ohio, a big food fight broke out. A what? A food fight. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I do, I do. Okay, I do recall that too. Thank you, for, thank you. And John said that's it. That's it for the whole thing. Thank you very much, there, John, for that. And of course, JD, thank you very much for the rest of the news and views here this evening. One seven two four 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 seventy four forty four. Call ID one three eight zero five five pound. This is episode number three hundred and fifty six of the Mothership Broadcast. WWS Revolution. Of course, this is the fourth of July of two thousand and. This is Tuesday, of course. <clears throat> uh, uh, of course, the fourth of July of two thousand and seventeen. I'm of course once again Mr. WWS Chad Hinshaw back on the line here with you. I'm going to occur here alongside the Iceman himself, JD Jared Girolamo. Of course, 2015 and 17 Hall of Famer. Uh, also, the human suplex machine, John Gross, on the chat box. Uh, uh, the first 2016 Hall of Famer. Of course, also, uh, we got also both both members of the Raw Radio broadcast team. You hear Raw Radio every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoe.com. Also, joining us here tonight, uh, we do, uh, from my, my negative woods here in, uh, in, uh, in, in uh, North Carolina, is, of course, an, as a Another 2017 Hall of Famer is Mr. Hulkamania himself, Bob Ziegler, has joined us as well. <clears throat> uh, so let's go ahead and dive right on here to this. Of course, I'm sure that I'll have all of to talk about here about the pre-4th of July edition of Monday Night Raw. Of course, it took place last night. Uh, leading up here, of course, into Great Balls of Fire, which will be coming up here on come here this Sunday. And, of course, we'll talk more about that here momentarily. Uh, in the meantime, let's go ahead and 
set everybody loose here. Uh, before I ask J- JD and John here, uh, I'm going to see if our because we haven't we don't get the chance to talk to Mr. Hulkamania any of that often. Uh, if you if you have any thoughts there, Bud, on uh, if you got a chance to see a little bit any, any bit of Raw last night, you want to leave any thoughts in the picture, uh, Bud? I saw a little bit of it, not much. Well, whatever you saw, Bud, if you want to just give us your take. Uh, uh, I can't remember much of it right now. Okay, okay, well, but uh, if, if something does pop up, um, like I said, during the show, please let us know. We'd love to hear about what you thought about it. All right. Thank you very much, sir, but let's go ahead and move on here to the Iceman himself, J.D., Jared Jerome. Let's see what he has going on. Let's see what he has in terms of his thoughts and opinions on last night's role. Go ahead, please. As always, be aware that this could be TVPG slash TV14. <laughs> because sometimes we do a little bit how our, like I said, how I just bear with me here. <clears throat> okay. We started the show off with Enzo and Big Cass, of course, and their whole tiff, however, mind you, however, in more ways than one. Of course, Enzo, of course, had a pretty good promo, I thought, while Cass was in the back. And, of course, we did hear, however, mind you, that the two of them will be going at it, however, this Sunday at Great Balls of Fire. He also called Cass, Cass Hole, which was interesting when you think about it, though. So, that being said, that was a very interesting way to kick off the show. From there, we began the first match of the night, however, with the four competitors, however, or three of the competitors that were in last week's uh, Fatal Five Way, however, to decide who would face the blonde goddess as Corey Graves continues to kiss her ass at every turn, however, and that is Little Miss Bliss, or as I like to call her, Little Miss Bitch. As a result, however, yet Sasha, Bailey, and I, and Alexa go at it with each other, with Sasha and Bailey winning the match. Uh, once again, it shows you that Alexa Bliss, however, has to be the arrogant snot that she is, however, and that she thinks that everyone should bow down and kiss her feet, however. Well, I hate to tell you there, Miss Bliss, you're going to be in for a rude awakening come SummerSlam, because I know one thing's for certain. Nia Jax is coming after you, and going to come after you big time, and hunt you down, and take your title away. Then we see Braun Strowman show up, how I tell uh, Kurt, however, mind you, that Roman is not going to be able to compete at the pay-per-view Sunday, but Angle said he would. Strowman said, however, that Roman wouldn't be there tonight, and he won a competition. England assured him that Reigns would be there, that a lot of guys are already booked tonight, but he had that no one would want to face Strowman this close to the pay-per-view. Strowman said that he was going to go to the ring and search a competition for the end of the night, and it would be on Kurt's hands. Sort of like what Mick Foley did back in the day with Braun. Go figure. Of course, we then saw a commercial announced, however, between that John Cena, Mr. Super Cena, would be returning tomorrow night on SmackDown, which is tonight, obviously. Then we go to the Cruiserweight match. Cedric Alexander versus the Brad Maddox of the WWE, Noam Dar, and Alicia Fox. Uh, I wish this story would end with these three. I hope it finally comes to an, has come to an end. At least I hope it does. This was a very short, quick match going two minutes long. And then we start hour number two. And who else has started but none other than The Miz, or as I like to call him, The Wiz, his barking dog wife, Mila Kunis, 
Maurice the Blonde Bitch Bimbo, Curtis the Axeman Axel, and Bo Loser Freaking Dallas. Mind you, the Miz-Tourage, they're calling themselves. And once again, of course, they show what happened last week with Lonzo Ball. And of course, Miz continues to run his mouth like he always does because he won't learn how to shut the hell up. Who shows up next? Dean Ambrose with a couple friends of his. And it turns out to be none other than the man beast from Detroit himself, the master of the gore, Rhino, and of course the Wendy's boy, Heath Slater, the cheese and cracker duo. <laughs> and of course, that leads us to our next match, Miz taking on Heath Slater, however, for the IC title. And what happens, however, once again, however, mind you, Miz finds a way to pull out of his ass, however, because he has to have his friends and his barking dog wife help him. Which, of course, they announced prior to this, mind you, however, that uh, Miz, Kurt Angle said that Miz would be facing Dean Ambrose this Sunday for the IC title at the pay-per-view. Oh, goody. Just what we need to have this boring-ass feud drag on and on and on and on. Speaking of dragging on, let's talk about the whole Goldust R-Truth thing, mind you. Again, I said it last week, and I said it so many times lately, and I'm going to repeat myself again by saying it. I do like Goldust's new attitude. I like, dig it. I'm, I'm digging his new... I'm, I'm glad that he's turned back to heel. Sorry, taking some orange juice there. Anyway, uh, as far as R-Truth and Goldust, they said, however, that at some point R-Truth, however, will get his comeuppance against Goldust. Uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> sure. I mean, we haven't heard that match has been announced for Sunday yet, but it wouldn't surprise me if they do add it eventually. Then, of course, backstage we go to the Titus brand and his man, Apollo Cruz, however, mind you, and he told Cruz that Strowman is looking for competition, and he told Apollo that he should be the one facing Strowman before the end of the night. And, of course, mind you, and, of course, the two of them did the Cruz can't lose line over and over again. Okay, I am getting sick of it already, of seeing this happen with these two guys. These, I mean, they're absolutely pissing all over Apollo Crews, if you ask me, because he has so much potential. And to be with an idiot guy like the Lamar Ball of WWE, Titus O'Neil, and calling themselves from the Titus brand to Titus Worldwide, yeah, that's real exciting. That's going to make a lot of people happy. Like me, just want to cheer every chance I get. Not... Next, we then go to a quick match involving, what was it, how, excuse me, we uh, then have a quick match involving uh, Kurt Hawkins versus the architect Seth Rollins, and it wasn't even 10 seconds long, it was over before you could blink, and I said it before, and I'll say it again, why did they bring back Kurt Hawkins? Seriously, they're wasting this guy. He has no talent whatsoever. It was a mistake to rehire him in the first place. And they just made him look like a complete and utter jobber. That's why you had guys like Axel, Dallas, Hawkins, all these guys every week on main event and superstars taping for the longest time because they would be fighting either each other or other guys that are stuck in the same boat they are. I'm surprised WWE is holding on to these guys right now. Hawkins 
shouldn't even be around. I mean, should right now be asking for his release at this point, or at least WWE should be giving him his release. Right now, as far as Axel and Dallas, they're, I mean, if they weren't being the Miz's little flunkies right now, how they would find themselves on the unemployment line as well. But I do think that eventually they're going to be out of there very soon. I mean, Bo Dallas hasn't done anything since coming up from NXT. He continues to look like an utter stupid jackass with the whole Bo Lee thing. But he's changed his gimmick, it looks like now, looking like the turtle of Mrs. Entourage, while looking like, um, I wouldn't say Eric, um, Eric, however, of Entourage, however, if you've watched the show, however, who that could be, that could be, uh, possibly Axel, while Miz thinks he's Ari Gold. No, he's not. He's a complete and utter jackass. Now, this is where things got a little interesting. This was one of the better segments of the night, however, the whole Paul Heyman Brock Samoa Joe thing. I thought this whole segment was pretty good, but again, and I'm going to go off topic here a little. Well, I'm going to go off topic. I'm going to go a little uh, batshit here. This should have closed the show. This should have been the last thing they should have done to close the show, but instead, once again, like John said in his uh, rant last night, as he does every week, however, on the Raw post-show, however. Whose fault is it? Let me think from it. Oh, yeah, we know whose fault that is. It's Stephanie's, Vince's, Hunter's, and, of course, producer Kevin Dunn. Because they get so panicky that people aren't watching enough, however. They figure how we'll bump the last little bit of the segment of the show, or our shows, however, to the top of the third hour and get a big rating that way. Well, unfortunately, it was a good segment, but the only thing that could have been better, however, is if they would have been brawling right in the middle of the backstage area and carried it out into the arena. But instead, they didn't do that. They decided to hold them off on that. But like I said, the thing that ticks me off about this is, like I said earlier, they should have had this towards the end of the night, near the class, had the final image of the night of the show, however, and put something else in its place. But they got panicky, and they bumped this to the top of the third hour, which was a ballsy move. Speaking of ballsy, that leads us next to another Cruiserweight matchup, Neville taking on Mustafa Ali. Of course, we know Neville's taking on Akira Toa this Sunday, however. Once again, the king of the Cruiserweight Tower shows that he is truly the king of the Cruiserweight Tower by taking care of Ali. Although Ali fought a pretty decent half-good match in this one, I thought, there were a couple moves that really surprised me, especially there was one, I think, when it was, I think, no, that was later on, I'm thinking of my mistake. But anyway, that being said, however, it was a very interesting match, if you ask me. Then we go to Bray Wyatt's promo in the desert, however, and talks about Seth Rollins, yada, yada, yada. It was okay, but again, however, it's a, a little bit of, Okay, time, but like I said, this whole set, this whole wide setting has been all right, but it hasn't really been great, if you ask me. Now to the match of the night, and it was the match of the night in my eyes with Finn Balor taking on Cesaro. This was a really, really good match. It went 15 minutes long, but the thing that really sucked about it is, once again, you had to have the idiot, moronic, jackass, douchebag drifter show up here in more ways than one. I'm sorry, this guy is a complete and utter tool. He is a tool. 
I don't know why they're having Finn feud with this guy. This guy is an absolute waste of space, and he should be back in NXT right now because they haven't done anything with him or should have stayed in NXT. But they're totally mis- I'm not saying misusing him, but they're making him look like a stupid moron, or he's acting like a complete and stupid moron. He should be staying down in NXT for a while and getting a better gimmick than this. But to me, this was the match tonight. The thing that was interesting about this, obviously, of course, they announced that coming up Sunday, we're going to see a 30-minute Iron Man match once again with Cesaro, Sheamus, and the Hardy Brothers. Okay, this is where I'm going to go a little off, however. We have seen this happen so many times with these two teams in the last few months. It's time to get better teams involved like the Revival, like the club, like someone new. We're tired of seeing the same old thing happen here. And hopefully after this match on Sunday they start doing that. Otherwise, how they're just going to continue to make me fume more and more because they're pissing all over the other teams and they're just wasting them, if you ask me. Now, speaking of waste, Tower, that leads us to the main event. Braun Strowman against Apollo Crews with Titus O'Neil before Roman Reigns showed off. This went less than five minutes off, but the thing is, though, they could have had this match like I said, with the Lesnar thing, flip-flop here. They could have put this at the start of the third hour and see how they would have done, or at least the Finn Balor-Cesaro thing, start out the third hour. But no, they figure at 10.55, however, five minutes to 11, going into the overrun hour, we'll put this on as our main event tonight. And what did Apollo Crews do with Titus O'Neil? I mean, he put up a good, put up a half-decent effort, I'll give him that. But in the end, once again, Mr... Tough guy, Mr. Um, Gimme Competition Man, the gold, the Gimme Competition Man says, oh, I'm going to make it look easy, however, and just destroy him. And he did. But the end of the night came when, once again, Roman Reigns showed up out of nowhere, however, by basically hiding in the ambulance, either in the back part of the ambulance or in the front seat the whole time without anyone knowing, or somewhere he snuck in at the last minute when, Braun was in the ring with Cruz, waiting for Braun, and the two of them went at it. The thing that really surprised me about this is, though, however, is not only how Roman speared Braun, however, off the stage, and basically, however, through a table, however, but how both guys got up after the thing was over. I mean, the first person to his feet, obviously, was, Rome, was Braun, and that surprised me. Then Roman got up as well. But if you ask me, Howard, like I said, Howard, this was just absolutely ridiculous to put Strowman and Cruz as your main event when you could have had Joe and Lesnar be your selling point. That has been the match that has sold this pay-per-view. It hasn't been Cesaro and Sheamus and the Hardy Boys. It hasn't been Seth and Bray, although that would be number two, I feel. The match that has sold the most interest, however, going into this pay-per-view Sunday has been Lesnar and Joe with Paulie Heyman. And what did you do last night? Like I said, you got panicky, and you put it on at the start of the third hour because you thought that would get a big rating pop. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. We don't know yet. But, once again, WWE continues to drop the ball and screw everyone over. So, yeah. All in all, however, there are a couple good things, like the Finn and Cesaro thing, and the Enzo thing was all right with Cass, however, to begin the show. But the Finn and Cesaro thing was the only good highlight for me on the show, and maybe a little bit of the brawl between Joe and Lesnar. But all in all... Being the 4th of July, before the 4th of July, there were no fireworks. There was no good things that came out of this. This was a very 
subpar show. And once again, as the old adage goes, sometimes you take two steps forward and three steps back. Well, once again, Raw continues to go backwards because their writing has continued to be horrendous. So they better pick it up real soon with SummerSlam just around the corner. Because if they don't, they're going to continue to hear more and more rants from me and just about everyone in the media because they have no one to blame but themselves. So there you go. All right, thank you, thank you very much, here, JD. Uh, very big time, uh, big time rant here tonight. I do greatly, uh, I, I really do appreciate that. All right, let's go ahead and uh, <clears throat> let's go ahead and see what John has to say here. Uh, unless Bobby, do you have anything you wanted to add? Uh, I think you've made plenty of say it all. Yeah, JD JD has a knack for that. I have to say, I don't pull any punches, Bobby. Believe me. Oh no! Whenever something happens on Raw or SmackDown, he 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 goes on. He uh he uh he 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 goes all out and needs So let's see what John has to say here. Of course, with uh, his his thoughts and opinions on last night's Monday Night Raw. Uh. Now John says, "All right, now it's time to get in, into Raw." Surprisingly, we kick it off with Enzo Amore cutting a promo without Big Cass. And need John say Enzo's promo was great. He pulled no punches when he talked about Big uh, uh, Big Cass. So uh, we know this is going to be something going to be possibly developing here really, really soon. And I can possibly tell that the first match of the night was Sasha and Bailey versus Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax. Sasha and Bailey winning a good Diva tag team match. I think Sasha pretty much did the rest of the virus. I think Bailey got knocked out during midway through that match. I think. Yeah, she did. She needed help to the back. Yeah. Yeah. The first, uh, then of course Braun decides that he would have a little tune-up match with someone. He demands he demands competition from uh, Noam Dar and Cedric Alexander. Uh, John said he wants this story to end soon. Yeah, me too. I don't blame you on that, John. I don't blame you on that. John says he's gone on too long enough and thinks it's best that they carry this feud out. Well, yeah, that's good. That's a good point. That's a good point. They talked about last week's Miz TV segment with the Ball family. Then another Miz TV. Uh, John did his Tony the Tiger impression. Great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's gonna say, yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, Ambrose makes his intentions that he wants his rematch for the Intercontinental title. Keith Slater shows up and says that he was the one that pinned the Miz in the men's, his case for the Intercontinental title. So, Angle decides why not have Miz defend the belt against Heath Slater. And, of course, Miz retains over Heath Slater and moves on to face Ambrose at Great Balls of Fire. Titus tells Apollo Crews to take on Braun Strowman, which he agrees. Then Goldust's world premiere movie gets interrupted by our truth then Kurt Angle announces the tag team match for Great Great Balls of Fire. It's going to be a 30-minute Iron Man match. Uh, John believes he doesn't believe that there's been an Iron Man tag team match before. I don't think there has. With Seamus and Cesaro taking on the Hardy Boys, that will be awesome. Yes, I do agree. But Cesaro decides to have a match with Finn Balor. <coughs> John, was, John says he, he was surprised of Cesaro's challenge to Finn. Rollins wins another match with Kurt Hawkins in 10 seconds. Uh, so John says, seriously, bringing Kurt Hawkins back was a possible joke. John was, he says he was very, very serious. Then uh, Snow Joe and Brock Lesnar teased the fight. 
they should have teased the fight, but he's just going with what UJD just said. Neville and Mustafa Ali. Neville, of course, wins again. The king of the cruiserweights proves in Phoenix that he cannot be stopped. Bray Wyatt was down in the desert. John was wondering if he was waiting for JoJo in the desert. Okay. <laughs> While we talked about his match with Seth Rollins, a great contest did take yeah, place. Yeah, she was playing in the time. desert, Ari. She was following the buzzards in the desert, so we say. Hmm. A great contest between Finn Balor and Cesaro. Nice match. Of course, the Hardys and Elias Sampson was there. All hell broke loose, but Balor won against Cesaro for 15 minutes. And then the main event was Braun Strowman against Apollo Crews. Crews put up a good fight, and it's one move where Crews did his did his um, let's see moonsault, but Strowman held his legs up and flopped Crews as, as he was a pancake. Oh, he did. He did. And if you go back and watch that spot, I mean, I mean, even Booker and Corey were not trying to laugh, but I mean, Corey, I mean, Cole couldn't believe how strong Strowman launched him. It was like a missile. And then Cruz is like, I mean, Corey's like, holy crap. I mean, he couldn't tell. He was just like shocked as Booker. Like, he won't believe how strong Bond was him when he launched him. Right, indeed, indeed. Uh, just decimated Cruz for a good short amount of time. Uh, three running power slams and Cruz gets dropped. Titus also gets beaten up. Then who should, then who should show up in the ambulance? But none other than Roman Reigns. Reigns and Strowman have another fight. Reigns spirits Strowman off the stage, and both guys end up getting to their feet. But there's no one, but there's no one that will be getting up to great balls of fire because somebody is going straight into that ambulance. And John said that's all he's got for his raw review. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Hulkamania Bob Ziggler had to leave us. Um, we do thank him for popping on here tonight and giving his. Uh, of course, like I said, he pretty much agreed with what JD and John. This head by Raw and just kind of stunned it up here in a pinch. So we do thank uh, Mr. Hulkamania for popping on here tonight and uh, listening in here on us as, as we, as we of course, talk business with Monday Night Raw. 1724-444-7444, call ID 138055-POUND. This is episode number 356 of the Mothership Broadcast, WWS Revolution, of course, for Tuesday, the 4th of July, 2017. I'm, of course, once again, Mr. WWUS Chad Henshaw, back on the line here with you, alongside the Iceman, J.D., Jared D. Geralmo, and the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross. Of course, J.D. is a 2015 and 17 Hall of Famer, and John is the first 2016 Hall of Famer, but both, of course, are members of the Raw Radio broadcast team, of course, every Monday afternoon right here on TalkShoe.com. Well, gentlemen, since I have both you, J.D., you and John both on, I thought of a little something here I wanted to give a small try. Um, I was going to say Bobby wanted to take, to, to take uh, the try, but, of course, he had to leave. So, And I was kind of inspired by the big-time topic we talked about on Thursday, last Thursday and Friday, of course, stemming from Thursday's history, about the DDT Iron Heavy Metal Weight, Iron Man Heavy Metal Weight Championship. Which, of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you remember us talking about this last week, which, of course, J.D. and I did get a whole bunch of laughs as a result of it. Yes. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, this belt was won, has, has been, has, was started 17 years ago, last Thursday. And, uh, <clears throat> and of course, like I said, uh, not only, it was, of course, like I said, defended kind of similar to how 
the uh, WWF Hard Hardcore Championship was uh, was defended, of course, on the 24/7 rule. Uh, uh, of course, uh, like I said, uh, but this one had a little bit of a, of a very unique twist. Not only did uh, not only did uh, uh, did wrestlers win this belt, but invisible wrestlers won were the champions. Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, fans were wrestling fans were was was considered the champion. Uh, Animals was considered the champion. Was considered champion. Uh, inanimate objects was considered the champion. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, of course, as we as we did mention this before, this happened about three years ago. This past April, uh, the end of, at the end of April, uh, um, the belt itself was considered the champion. Uh, so, <laughs> so I mean, there was a very. I mean, a lot of this did happen in Japan. It happened overseas, uh, but uh, uh, it was. Uh, it was, of course, like I said, a. Uh, it was a very unique uh, situation there that took place. Um, um, I actually believe it. Believe it or not. Uh, well, for, before I before I mention what I was saying about doing here tonight, I wanted to mention something briefly about the person who currently holds this belt. Don't tell me he lost it already. No, she actually, like I said, won this belt. Uh, what did I say? Uh, uh, um, a week ago, this past Saturday, June twenty fourth, she won the belt at an event in Austin, Texas, and. According to the Wikipedia page, it has not yet been updated. She is still has been referred to as the champion here. I would like to read a little bit about because she is an actual wrestler, believe it or not. Her name is Laura James. Let me read a little bit about the, about this, and then I will talk about what I was planning on doing here concerning the infamous belt here. Laura Claire James, born January 25, 1987, is an English professional wrestler. She was trained by none other than Gangrel. I mentioned him tonight, actually, in the revisiting. You'll have to go back and listen to why I mentioned him. Yeah, I'll, have to, I'll have to listen to that. And it's currently working on the independent wrestling scene, most notably for Lucha Valum, what a name, and Global Force Wrestling, which I don't know if that's considered the, he's considered part of the new squad or not. That's the sense they renamed TNA, I'm not sure. She can also be seen in the Peaches music video for the song Close Up and wrestled on the, uh, I'm going to try my best to pronounce this, Pussifier, P-U-S-C-I-F-E-R, that's what I can pronounce it, Money Shot Round 2 Tour under the ring name Alacrana Plata Number 2. Okay. Uh, uh, and let me go and give you a little bit of a, let me go ahead and give you a, uh, a um, brief history here. Uh, her birth name is Laura Claire James. She was born, like I said, January 25, 1987. She is 30 years old. She was born in Plymouth, England, in the United Kingdom. She currently resides in Los Angeles. And believe it or not, this is one man's name that we mentioned here during the, throughout the whole history of this weird belt. 
She's married to this Joey Ryan. That we talked about. <laughs> She's married to, uh, uh, who was who actually just got married last year. Matter of fact, uh, of course she was known by of course her real name and also this Alakana Plata Number Two. She's built at five foot three. She's weighed weighs about one hundred twenty five pounds. She was trained by Gangrel and she debuted in June of two thousand twelve. So she's been around for five years, wrestling for about five years. Uh, professional wrestling career, uh, independent circuit, 2014 through present. James has worked for various independent wrestling promotions such as, such as Lucha Vavum, Alternative Wrestling Show, Finest City Wrestling, Green Wave Wrestling, and more. Uh, Global Force Wrestling between 2015 and this year. James made her GFW debut at the Orleans Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, on August 21st, 19th, I mean 2015, on Amped. I guess that's a show that GFW has, I'm not sure. Where she was in a GFW Women's Championship Tournament qualifying match that also included Katarina Waters, which was ultimately won by Amber Gallows. I think that's Luke Gallows' wife, isn't it? Yeah, it sounds right to me, yeah. Yeah, um, Okay, Lucifer, that's another promotion in 2016. James performed at the, as this Alacrana Plata number two in the, with the wrestling group Lucifer as the opening act and wrestling throughout the show with the band Pussifier. It's a band. Okay, it's a man, this Pussifier is a band on their Money Shot Round Two Tour of North America. She wrestled in 33 cities with the group over a period of six weeks. The dramatic green team. Here we go. Here we go. Listen to this very carefully, JD. Dramatic green team, 2016. James won the Ironman Heavy Metal Weight Championship on June 20, 2016, in Los Angeles by defeating Kiku Taro. She lost it on the same day to a cat named Bunny. On June 29, James, as this Alacrana Plata number two, won the belt for a second time after pinning her husband, Joey Ryan. In a strip club. Guess <laughs> <laughs> he stoned all the bills around, and then he got lucky at the end. Yeah, you got that right. On July, I'm surprised they got married. On July, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you me both. Won the belt for a third time, again defeating Ryan at a at a finest city wrestling event on August 18th. She won the belt for the fourth time, defeating Vince McMahon's Hollywood Walk of Fame star. <laughs> Before I go any more further on this, I do have to step away for just one second. J.D., if you don't mind, right fast, give him the plug. I will be right back here momentarily.
And well, Chad, too, now, ladies, you know, just a quick reminder that tomorrow night, however, we will have a triple stacker for you beginning six years outside the ropes, one four one three eight seven. We will talk about the latest politics, music, movies, and non-sports news of wrestling, however. And then at 8 o'clock, the debate will be back, one three nine nine two five pound And then we'll recap SmackDown for you, of course, at 9 o'clock with the Revolution Show. John, of course, will have your birthdays and dates. Gerard and I will have your headline news items of the day. Speaking of Gerard, this Thursday he joined myself and Gerard and the gang on Top Heel Inc., where we'll be talking about ROH, New Japan, and the rest of the things beginning at 7 p.m., 14052 pound, and then, of course, Wolfpack Radio, 138521 pound at 9 o'clock this Thursday. Thank you very much, sir, JD, uh, for that big-time uh, uh, big plug there. I do appreciate that. I've got to read this last part again. I'm kind of startled about it. Yeah. <laughs> Lord James won the Ironman Heavy Metalweight Championship on June 20th, 2016 in Los Angeles by defeating Kikutaro. She lost it on the same day to a cat named Bunny. <laughs> on June 29th, James uh, and her, in this, in this, as his, as his Lucha Libre wrestler, which I'm calling it, won the belt for a second time after pitting her soon-to-be husband, Joey Ryan, in a strip club. <laughs> That's what got my eye. On July 22nd, James won the belt for a third time, again defeating Ryan at a finest city wrestling event. On August 18th, she won the belt for the fourth time, defeating the Hollywood Walk of Fame star of WWE owner Vince McMahon. Holy cow. <laughs> oh, man. Do you believe all this? Her personal life. In 2013, James competed in the National Physique Committee Amateur Figure Competition. Hmm. In 2015, James performed in, in the wrestling-themed music video for song Close-Up by Peaches. James acted as Peaches during the scenes that required wrestling from the musician. In February 2016, James got engaged to her boyfriend, fellow wrestler Joseph Meehan, better known as Joey Ryan. Ryan proposed, and now listen to this, Ryan proposed to her during their intergender match at Finest City Wrestling in San Diego. James said yes. He put the ring on her hand before rolling her up to win the match. <laughs> After what, the match, what, he did what? She, she, she said yes to his proposal. He put the ring on her hand before rolling her up to win the match. Oh, jeez. Well, that, they can imagine when they have kids. How did you, uh, when, how did Daddy propose to you, Mom? Oh, we were in a match and uh, he just uh, did a. Uh, Wrestling move, honey. Yeah, we're both we're both wrestlers, by the way. So we're both married into wrestling. There you go. The video clip of the proposal went viral, and the couple made appearances on various news outlets, including a feature on ESPN Sports Center. Wow, that making the big time right there. The couple married on November seventeenth of last year. Believe it or not, I'm sure JD, you heard about this. Uh, this movie that Netflix came out here talking talking about the story of the back of the eighties women's wrestling thing, uh, Glow. I'm sure you heard yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's been all over Netflix, yeah, uh huh. Believe it or not, this lady right here, Laura James, had a hand in this. She played the role of Crystal in one episode. I did hear somebody, yes. Okay. In wrestling, here is her moves, believe it or not. She's known she's done there are finishing moves of the diving crossbody and the shining wizard. Hmm. Her signature moves are the Northern Likes Suplex and something she adopted from her husband. 
he ain't gonna believe this rule. Uh, um, this name this move, JD. The unicorn plex. Unicorn plex. Nice. No, 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 no. You Y O U. Yeah. Porn. P O R N. Oh, you porn. It said, it said just like you spell like YouTube. They are oh, like you porn plex, which is a crotch flip with theatrics. Like I said, it was adopted by her from her husband. And the only champ and and JD, this is also going to make you flip. The only championship she, she's ever had is the one she's holding right now, the Iron Man Heavy Metal Weight Title. She's held it five times, including right now. Jeez. This is the only belt she's held. That's <laughs> crazy. I said, can you believe that, man? I mean, uh, Lord have mercy. And like I said, ladies and gentlemen, that has not changed at all. Uh, apparently, no one no one has so far pinned her to win this to win this title. So, so she apparently is doing something is doing something pretty pretty darn uh, pretty awesome right here. But anyway, the reason why I brought this up. Bobby said, so we got a few minutes here. We want to do this. I'm sure uh, John, J.D., you and John want to get in on this as well. Is what I was going to do here is that what had inspired me from what, from, from you know, the from people to animals to inanimate objects that have held a championship belt. I was kind of thinking about doing some weird fantasy matchups. We do... Uh, wild and wicked, but now how about weird? Yes. Uh, so, so if JD, you and John are into it. I'm going to name off several. All right. And I'm going to ask y'all's opinion. Who do you think would win a belt between between the two things? Okay. And like I said, I was pondering this several different times here today. Uh. Mm. Let's see. Let me see. Let me see. Ah, uh, ooh. Okay. Let's put. We'll start with something small. Uh. <laughs> A six pack of beer, a twelve pack of Coca Cola. Six pack. We would of win that. We would win that match, JD. Six pack of beer and what? And a twelve pack of Coke, Coca Cola. Six pack of beer. John, your thoughts? John's going with the beer. I'm sure Gerard will go with the same thing if he was here. Uh, let me see if they have another one here. Um, who would win a match between... a movie theater drive-in screen and an elephant? An elephant and who? A drive-in movie theater screen. 
A drive-in movie screen. Okay, John. Now, if y'all come up with something weird too, y'all don't be don't hesitate to come up with something. Like I said, just throwing out some weird things. John, if you remember the old movie theater drive-ins, they had the real big screen in which you would just sit out there and watch it, be able to watch a movie. You sit in your car and watch it. Remember how big those things were? A match between one of those screens and, and an elephant. Who would win that match? He's going with the drive-in screen, too. Okay. Uh, now, if y'all like y'all have any, y'all throw it out here, too. Well, I'll try to continue to come up with some others. Um, okay, based on what we've seen on Raw here in recent memory, I am going to I'm going to kick myself in the rear for this. I, I don't know what y'all would think. We'll do a wrestler versus an inanimate object here. Okay. Braun Strowman versus an ambulance. (laughs) (laughs) Braun, easily. There's no contest there. You're saying, okay, you're saying, John? Braun Strowman or an ambulance? Who would win a match between those two? John's also saying Braun. He's saying the ambulance can't beat Braun. Okay. Uh, okay, let's put in some movie characters. All right. Let me, let me, let me, let me. Ambulance won't, won't be strong enough, wouldn't be strong enough to defend itself. All right, John, very good point here. <laughs> very good point. Um, let's do it in this fashion, some movie characters here. Let's say, I'm sure y'all remember a lot of these characters here, too. <laughs> Let's start with a couple. <coughs> Excuse me. Got the choke here. Hmm. Let's start with this right here. Uh, interesting one. Both played by the same man, but who would be tougher in your opinion? J.D., I'll ask you this first. Rocky or Rambo? Ooh, both are good. Rambo. Going with Rambo. Okay, John, Rocky, or Rambo? But I'm going to have one other. John's actually saying Rocky. Huh. Okay. Well, let's do a triple threat here with another one of uh, Special Stallone's infamous characters. I'm sure you might remember this movie right here. From the movie Demolition Man. Rocky versus Rambo versus John Spartan. Who would pull the win off there? Rambo. You're still saying you're still sticking with Rambo, okay? Yeah. John Rocky versus Rambo versus John Spartan, which is the character he played in Demolition Man. Which, by the way, is also another great movie. Yes. Him and him and Wesley Snipes were bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Sandra Bolt was in that one too. Oh, she was good too. John still says uh, no one's giving John Spartan any love. John is still praising Rocky. Okay. Well, I guess if he was able to defeat Thunderlips, I guess he could probably defeat. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, let me see. Oh, okay. I got. Okay, I got it right here. I got it right here. Okay. Two characters played by uh, one of the best actors of all time, Harrison Ford. Han Solo versus Indiana Jones. Who would pull a win off there? Doctor Jones. You're saying Doctor Jones, okay, John? Han Solo or Indiana Jones? John's also John's agree with you this time. He's saying Indiana Jones, okay? Uh. Hmm. Okay, since I brought up, and of course, uh, since I brought up Hulk Hogan, I'm bringing up a couple of his roles here. And a couple all wrestling related. I think, J.D., you may know where I'm going with this. Thunder Lips versus Rip. Rip, of course, is from No Hold Bar. I'm going to say it will be Thunder Lips. And Thunder Lips, okay. John Thunderlips, which is the character Hulk Hogan played in Rocky Three. I'm coming after you, Balboa. Ooh, or Rip from No Holds Barred, which of course No Holds Barred was another great movie. But John's John's sticking with Thunderlips. I saw a I saw a the clip of of that fight that they did in the movie. They have it on YouTube. Oh man, that's a great scene. Uh. Of course, we got to know the backstory on how Hogan was able to get there anyway. He was supposed to wrestle. Yep. Um, I think it was for Vince Sr. And and, I, and he was supposed to go wrestle for Crockett in Greensboro, I think. Yeah. But he wanted to make the He said he talked with Special Stallone in making that movie. And he and he was very adamant about it. And Vince Sr., I think, fired him because of that. Yeah, he did. And that's when afterwards, that was after Rocky Three, he went to the AWA, I think, right? Yep. That's what I'm uh, Oh, gosh. Um, ooh, ooh, okay, 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 okay. A couple roles done by Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson's a tough man in his own right, too. Um, from Braveheart, William Wallace versus Mad Max. Wow. You say a draw, okay? All right, John, William Wallace from Braveheart versus uh, Mad Max, which he he did pretty good with Mad Max, in my personal opinion. I mean, this this latest one that they did was okay, but Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson had that down pat, my personal opinion. And John's going with William Wallace from Braveheart. Yeah, take away our freedom. Yeah. Uh oh man. Okay, let me see. Let me let me think of another one here. Let me think of another one. And speaking of Wesley Snipes, I'll bring up this too, and this is gonna be a shot in the dark. Um uh, he's done so many great ones here, but there's only two characters in his I can think of, and this is probably gonna be a no brainer for both of y'all. Simon Phoenix, who he played in Demolition Man, versus Willie Mays Hayes from Major League. <laughs> Willie Mays Hayes and who? Diamond Phoenix from Demolition Man. <laughs> I'm going to say Willie Mays Hayes. You're taking that over a tough character to, yep. like, uh, oh, okay. Well, Simon Phoenix was bad in that in Demolition Man. Uh, okay. John, um, like I said, Simon Phoenix 
versus William Mays Hayes, but where both characters played by Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes was, was Oh yeah, crap, I forgot I forgot about that. I forgot about that one. But John's John's also too going to say Willie Mays Hayes. I play like Mays and I run like Hayes. <laughs> yeah, that was great. But of course in the sequel I think he was played by somebody else. I guess that's who it was. Uh, well, that was some good ones right there. And like I said, we'll probably think of some more here a little bit later, and uh, we'll give it a, we'll give it another shot here somewhere down the road. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, don't forget here, as JD did mention here earlier tonight, uh, <clears throat> we will have, of course, uh, our latest edition of. Of course, of outside the ropes here t- tomorrow night from 6:30 to 7:30. Of course, be sure to join myself and the Iceman Jerry Gerolamo, as we of course will be bringing you some uh, some of the some of the uh, <clears throat> uh, some of the big time um, latest pop culture news. Of course, uh, of course, some person at Full Leather Mania, and of course, like I said, JD will have a, will have some to bring you as well. Also, of course. We'll, We'll get JD back in his fireproof suit and also put him in a flaming chair. That of course he tries to uh, he tries to, like I said once again uh, answer some big time movie trivia from the past and present. Of course during our hot seat movie trivia challenge, and of course we'll also be sure to join uh, King and W O and the Iceman for WWS Wrestling Debate coming up at eight to nine. <clears throat> as of course we as of course we'll talk about. Uh, Discussing debate over, of course, uh, what happened on Raw last night, what happened with SmackDown tonight. Uh, I'm sure Greg Balls and the Pains about what will take place this Sunday in the Great Balls of Fire. Uh, so there'll be no doubt about there'll be no doubt about that. <clears throat> uh, so there's some interesting talk about that tomorrow night on Wrestling Debate. Of course, call ID one three nine nine two five. Of course, outside the ropes, call ID one four one three eight seven pounds. Forgot to bring that to you. My apologies. Also, of course, we'll be back on with Revolution tomorrow night, as I will, along with the Ice, along with King NWO, the Iceman, the Human Suppressed Machine, and I'm sure some more guests, as we, of course, bring up, bring in the latest wrestling news and views and history and birthdays. Plus, of course, we'll be talking about uh, all that took place on SmackDown, <clears throat> on, uh, on what took place on, on SmackDown here tonight. Uh, <clears throat> And also, ladies and gentlemen, I want to post your bring it before I go over the rest of the shows. Uh, I want to bring to your attention a post that I made on the Revolution Radio Facebook page here. A question. Of course, well, what we talked about this last week, of course, with the merger between TNA and Global Force Wrestling, and then now the now that now the official name change over to officially Global Force Wrestling. We'd love to get your thoughts and opinions on on this development right here. About what you know is going to mean for what's going to mean for this company. Is it going to help? Is it going to hurt? Are there going to be in any Are they going to try to, to start uh, being a threat and a, some, having some big time competition against WWE? Uh, like I said, we'd love to get your thoughts and opinions on it. Like I said, this page it's on, it's on the Revolution Radio Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash WWS Revolution Radio. Be sure to join us for that. Also, of course, uh, and be sure to pop on there and and uh, and, uh, and come on, come on. There. We would love to read your thoughts and your thoughts and opinions on the air here. Of course, we'd like to do that tomorrow night on uh, the Wednesday edition of Revolution. 
of course, don't forget, uh, of course, speaking of revolution, this, um, for Jeannie did mention this a little bit earlier while I had to step away, um, <clears throat> that uh, this Sunday at 5 p.m., of course, will be a special edition of WWS Revolution, as it will be, of course, once again, a pre-show for uh, our prediction show for WWE Great Balls of Fire 2017. We'll, of course, bring you the, light, the matchups that we have on tap, and uh, give you our, give, and give give it, everyone give their thoughts and opinions, of course, on each match, <clears throat> and of course, um, and of course, who knows there may be a better two that might end up being getting made. Uh, now um, I do believe I do believe JD did say this. Pat, JD said this coming Friday. You'll be you and John will make your predictions for for the show for this show, and we will read them on the air on Sunday. So be sure to join us for the Great Balls of Fire prediction show, as well. Which is of course part of, like I said, WWS Revolution. This Sunday, Sunday night, Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Of course, call out the 138055 pound. Of course, before that, be sure to catch, of course, Top Hill Inc. 140562 pound from 7 to 8. Also Thursday night from 9 to 11, the second installment in NWO Wolfpack 138521 pound. And of course, this Friday, of course, once again, Revolution 138055 pound. Be sure to join us for that as well. On that note here, ladies and gentlemen, I do want to thank uh, the Iceman, J.D. Jerry Balmo, uh, the Human Super Machine, John Gross, and Mr. Hulkamania, Bob Ziegler, for coming on here tonight. Uh, of course, talking about everything going on here at uh, going on here with Monday Night Raw and, of course, the latest wrestling news and views <clears throat> and everything of that nature. And, of course, a little fun that we had here was something concerning this Iron Man heavy metal weight belt. I just thought I'd read a little something about that. It was kind of interesting there, to say the least. So for the Iceman, <clears throat> Jeremy Geralmo, the Human Suplex Machine, John Gross, Mr. Hulkamania, Bob Ziegler, and the rest of the panel, way too tough to handle. This is Mr. WWS, Chad Henshaw, saying, saying thank you so much for joining us here tonight on what was a very patriotic and <clears throat> unique uh, revolution here tonight. I hope everyone has had a, had, continues to have and has had a very safe and happy Fourth of July. Fourth of July, and of course, like I said, uh, just because like I said we celebrate her birthday today and all that, does not mean we do not need to stop honoring the greatest one of the, of course, if not the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. So, like I said, we salute her all the way <clears throat> as she continues to stay strong. Indeed, Revolution is a broadcast of the WWS Radio Network right here on TalkShoot.com where we're two years older and continuing to be bolder. The radio network continues to be and will forever remain your wrestling connection. Everyone take care. See you. Take care of yourselves and each other. See you in the ring. Uh, have a very happy 4th of July, 4th of July today. And as always here in the WWS radio network right here on TalkShoot.com. God bless everyone. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.